This is the Fly Convention Podcast. Here are your hosts, Daniel Kananen and Adam McCarlson. Welcome to the Fly Convention Podcast. Adam? Daniel. How's it going? It's going excellent. It's so fun to be here with everyone. When everyone got to come and be here, we've been planning for almost four years now, and it's just a blast to be here with people up in YMCA of the Rockies. YMCA of the Rockies. It is, feels so good. We are l- recording this podcast live in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> That's right. I don't know if we can hear. Can we? If they if they cheer, can we hear? Them? Let's see. Can you guys give us a cheer? All right, all right, all right, all right. They're there, they're there. So we are glad you've tuned into the Flag Convention Podcast. This podcast is a bonus episode that will be released Friday night, I suppose. Friday night. We're hoping to have this available. So you are probably, if you're listening to this, you're probably on your way back uh, from the Flag Convention to wherever uh, you consider home. Uh, obviously, you can listen to this after that, too. And if, if that's the case, we're excited that you and can where, chime in where, and be here. Where's home for you, Adam? Home for me is Plymouth. Minnesota. Plymouth, Minnesota. Where did you That's grow up? Right. Where did, I mean, we, we don't really take the time to get to know, the, our audience get to know who we are. Where, where are you from? Adam? Sure. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. So I grew up in Webster, South Dakota on a farm about five miles outside of Webster. Webster was a small town. I had about 2,000 people. I graduated with 33 uh, other people in my class. Um, I went on from there, went to the Free Lutheran Bible College and enjoyed well, my time there. it wasn't the college at the time, though. It was Aphelbus. Yes, Alphabus. Alphabus. Are we going to get in trouble for saying that anymore? I, I feel don't like see Dr. A... Mobley or Josh. So oh, excellent. Good. They're around the corner, though. Their exhibit is around the corner. That's right. Everyone's went... looking like, nope. oh, Alphabus. I'm waiting for, for Josh to peek his head around the corner and scold us for something like that. So. All right, we're good. I uh, went to Alphabus, um, got my degree after that in music education. To me, a music teacher was my plan, but God had other plans. Uh, as soon as I was done graduating, he uh, called me to Abiding Savior Free Lutheran in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, to be the youth director there. Served there for seven years. Um, I just saw someone fist pump when I mentioned Abiding Savior in Sioux Falls. Aiden is here hanging out with us and excited to have him from Abiding Savior in Sioux Falls. So glad to have him here. Um, worked for seven years doing that. I did some house flipping with a, started a family business. I remember seeing houses. pictures on social media of your house flips. That was yes. a lot of fun too. And then most recently, about a year ago, um, God uh, called me to go to seminary, to go and to be trained for pastoral ministry. So, and that's where I am now. So at Plymouth, Minnesota, I'm going to seminary. I just started as the national youth director for AFLC Youth Ministries. And it's been exciting to see how God has been working. That's fantastic. Yeah. How about you, Daniel? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. There's not much. Moving on. Moving. No, 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 no. I grew up in a uh, city, uh, northern Minnesota, Cloquet, Minnesota. That's where I'm from. Born in South Korea. Adopted at a young age. Very young. I was, when I was uh, born, I was super young. Uh, but grew up there and then went to, you know, all the schools, went to the Bible school. You, you, no, you and I were not there at the same. I don't remember no. what years. I, I don't want to mention on the podcast, but you, it was in the 90s. That's all that matters. Late 90s. It was the late 90s. It was the late 90s. It was all good. <laughs> and then, honestly, I didn't really know what God was going to call me to after that. I thought I was going to be an architect. I was going to enroll at the University of Minnesota at the land, Architecture of Land... No, School of Architecture and Landscape Architecture. architecture. I was going to be in Pioneer Hall in the mm-hmm. Twin Cities, uh, University of Minnesota. But at, the, at one point, so it's a super long story, but God said, nope, you're not going to be doing that. You're going to be doing what I want you to do. Ended up at the Bible school. Met a lot of great friends to which I have uh, this day, those same people. Then God called me right into ministry immediately after that and just been kind of going here and there and been at my current church in Onalaska, Wisconsin. 
for the last mm. 20 years, Adam, 20 long years. No, that's not, that's not, I shouldn't say long, but 20 years. Been great, and I love it mm. there. I love that. And then been having this role. Somebody asked me today, they said, how long have you been doing fly stuff? I said, I've been involved with fly staff since 2001. Yep. Do you, wait, do the math here. Are any of the attendees, are any of you born before 2001? So one of our okay. leaders or adults oh, uh, are raising their well, hand. Okay. So basically I've been helping out with fly 22 years longer than any of the students have been alive. It's true. In my church, my congregation, I served none of the students that attend had were born before I was there. Mm-hmm. I'm old. That's old. the point. That's the point. But anyway, time stops for no one. Time stops for no one, but glad we uh, got to get the family in there too. married for. Yes. And then with four children uh, who two of them are students this week. You have one this week. I do. I have, I, I'm married to Emily, and then we have five kids. And my oldest is 13, and he's a student here at Fly, and then the four others are here as well. I realized when I said, well. like, you've got one this week. Like, you had a child. You just rent a child this week to be your child. Like, uh, rent a kid. I'll take one kid for the week, and then I drop him off when I'm done. No, we don't do it that way. <laughs> nope. So we, we don't, honestly, we don't have a plan. And we know that this podcast, is, is you guys are here listening, but then those who are traveling home, uh, you probably are tired and had an exciting week. The, it's probably a pretty quiet van or bus or car, or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, but we, we have no plan for this podcast, which is, makes me a little nervous, makes you probably more nervous. Very much so, yes. We yep. have ideas, but really we want to hear from our live studio audience either. We've got a couple mics set up. We're going to hear some, we're going to ask some questions and they're just going to step up, ask some questions and we'll see what happens from there. Does that, that sound good to you? That sounds great. And I hope um, it's just a blessing to those who are listening to this podcast. Um, I think it can be really good to reflect back on what happened this past week. For those of you who are listening this past week at fly, uh, what are the things that you did? How is God working? What are the messages and, the, and uh, things from his word that he has made real to you uh, this week? Uh, and that theme of restored, how has that been realized or how have you recognized God's restorative work in your life. And I think I'm hopefully hearing from some of you, we'll hear about the fun and the exciting things too, but opportunities, how has God already been working in your lives as so we the, move forward? So what we're going to do here, we're going to ask a question, you guys out here who are watching us, you can think about this question. Then we're going to have a couple things that we're going to say, uh, just some announcement things. And then it, whenever you're ready, we're not going to ask you to come up. You just come up to one of these two microphones and then we'll unmute you. And we'll let you ask your question. Okay. So the, the first question that we want to ask is this, just simple. What have been some of the highlights for you so far this week? What are just the highlights that you've had so far? And then another question we're going to ask later on the podcast is where have you seen God working in your own life or just in other, other people's lives, but where's God working? But the first one we want to address is what have been some highlights for you? So for our live studio audience that is here, be thinking about that when you're ready, come up to the mic. Uh, but otherwise, you know, the podcast here, um, we got some great episodes coming up, don't we? We do. I'm very excited to hear so some of the episodes. can you tell us episodes. a little bit about like... W- our plan here with the, we've been interviewing people. What, who are those people that we've been interviewing? Yes, uh, we have had, um, I'll, I'll say two groups of people that we've interviewed. The first group is those who are sharing our electives. So our elective speakers this week. Um, our electives are topical, you know, a lot of different uh, topics on, on joy, on forgiveness, on uh, relationships, how to have good conversations um, about gender, about um, race, all sorts of different things that are going on in our culture and the lives of our teens uh, that we think we need to speak truth into um, the lives of people. So we've been interviewing 
interviewing all of those elective speakers who are presenting at those electives. Um, a short, you know, 8, 10, 12 minute interview just to give a synopsis of that. So those who weren't able to experience those electives, weren't able to go to them, could hear a little bit about what they were sharing and what they were doing. Um, one of the things that I think is so neat um, about this opportunity too is, you know, we have uh, 13 um, electives every day that we have as an option. And each elective uh, speaker presents their elective twice. And so if you do the math, there's four days of electives. Each one does it twice. That means there's 26 electives that we have available. And you guys only get to go to four, four. of them. And so this is such a neat opportunity that the other 22 that you didn't get to go to, you have an opportunity to hear from those elective speakers, uh, to hear a little interview about what's going on um, in that. So that's that first group of people that we've interviewed. Uh, and then the other two um, that we got to interview are our workshop leaders, uh, the ones who has presented and, and yes. taught at our workshops. Um, I, I'll speak first, but I can let you talk about the, the other one that we did. I, I just interviewed Walt Mueller um, about his topics and what he's been doing. And, and he's been here um, kind of serving a, a dual function. He did a, a, an elective track with our uh, adults and youth workers and our pastors uh, that he's been doing on uh, God's design for sex and gender. And then uh, we also talked about his elective that's going to be coming up. So those of you who are here, right, in person and live, what he's going to be sharing with his workshops tomorrow and that's with and everybody. Friday. That's going to be with everybody, yeah. our, our teens, our adults, everybody on social media and identity. And so we got a little preview about that. And I was really excited to hear about what he's going to be talking about. Um, and then you interviewed someone too, Daniel, didn't yes, you? Yes, I interviewed Dr. Christopher Yuan. He yells, he really didn't yell, he can't really yell at people. He's too kind. <laughs> I keep calling him Dr. Yuan. He said, no, Christopher, Christopher, I can't do it. Anyway, Dr. Christopher Yuan, he was he shared both uh, Tuesday and Wednesday morning a workshop at the Fly Convention. He did such a great job. And the response has been incredible. God has been using him in such a mighty way to communicate great things. And not only teens, uh, you guys are here, but the, we've seen a lot of leaders, a lot of adults. In fact, as we're recording this now, he's down the hallway speaking to our leaders. Mm -hmm. They got so many questions and just coming up. I've heard, I've seen a lot of people um, talk to him saying, Thank you. Thank you so much. But he was on the podcast a couple of days ago and recorded it, and we had a great time together. And, and, and he didn't share a full story yet. Uh, however, just some good tippets, and there's going to be links in that podcast. Well, I don't know. We have, I don't know if it's scheduled yet, uh, when that one's going to come out, but uh, I can look that up. Maybe I'll get an answer to us later. But anyhow, that will be coming up at some point. But that was really, 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 really good. Yes. And we're gonna, we have other yep. surprises, too, other people that we've interviewed here on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But it looks like we've got our first question, and we're going uh, to ask you to state your name, where you're from, and then go ahead and ask your question. Um, my name is Aiden Kukenrider, and I'm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Woo and um, what's your question? My question is, how did you guys get into ministry? Ooh, Aiden, that's a great question. Can I go first on this one? Awesome. Okay. My, my route into ministry. When I was 16, 17, 18, 19 year old, I, I had this idea that if I wanted to really impress God and to make him happy with me, to, to be that God would think of me and he would see like, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant, that I needed to be a pastor or a missionary. That was the, the thought. So in my head, when I was um, finishing up high school and I was going into the Bible college, the Bible, Aphelbus at the time, um, that, that was the route that I was planning to take. But it was during my classes at the Bible college that God showed me that 
any profession, all of these different ways that he can call someone. It can be to be a pastor and a missionary, but it can also be to many different things. It can be to be a baker or a football player or a teacher or a garbage truck driver or a mom or a dad, whatever that happens to be. So I kind of gave it up, was going to be a music teacher, excited for how God was going to use me for that. I finished college, excited to be a music teacher, and then God called me into ministry anyway. It was at Abiding Savior. I was interviewing um, at different schools to be their music teacher. And um, the church that I was attending at the time through College Abiding Savior um, was looking for a youth director at the time. And it was my wife that God used to ask the question, have oh, you ever thought so about being the youth director at Abiding Savior? So I went in, I talked to our pastor, Pastor Flaw, and uh, the, the rest is history. That was how God called me into ministry. And uh, it's just been a blast ever since to go and to serve, to follow him in that way. Thanks for your question, Aiden. I, God called me into ministry using my youth director, similar maybe. You know, his name was, I had a couple, one of my old youth directors is actually here. I hadn't seen him in many, many years. Uh, but anyway, he got used these men to kind of call me and, and especially the one where he just kind of brought me under his wings and just said, I see great, greatness, I don't know, greatness, but just good things that God can do into your life. And I was not ignorant or, uh, but just slowly over time, God just kind of made that more and more, more clear. And then, like I said earlier, I was going to go to the University of Minnesota and it's a long story, but God said simply no and literally made it abundantly clear it was a no. Uh, and that didn't mean he revealed to me exactly what it was next, but uh, God has called me into ministry, and, and I think that God calls us all into ministry. Some of us get paid for it, some of us don't. Yep. I think we need to remember, for you guys here and those who are listening on the podcast, uh, as you're going home from Fly, you know, God may have spoken to you. Who knows, maybe, I think he calls every single person to ministry, whether that's a ministry to, to your friends, your family, your coworkers. Uh, in some cases, you know, tough question was asked to Dr. Yuan this, this morning. What if your parents aren't believers? You know, that's tough. And I loved his answer. He's like, you have an opportunity to share the gospel with, with your parents. And that's intimidating. That's hard. But uh, I believe God calls us all all to ministry. So thanks for that question, Aiden. We're going to go over here to, yes, this young lady who's got the, Vikings shirt on. Go ahead. What's your question? Um, well, my name is Lizzie. I'm from Minnesota. And my question was, what's your favorite calling story from somebody who works here or a friend of yours? What do you mean by calling story? Like like somebody who was called into ministry and like, what's your favorite story and like how it went? Ooh, that's a tough question. What you, I, I was going to say, you go first, Adam, so I can have time to process this one. Well, and I, and I can. Um, I have a friend, um, and I just his his testimony about this is just so vivid in my mind, and I think it's because it was part of my own struggles as well. Um, but he, rem I remember him talking about how he was just so distraught about his sin, how he was trying to do right, he was trying to follow the Lord, he was trying to do good, and he just kept falling short. He kept messing up. He kept uh, failing. And I remember he his his idea was if I I'm going to give God one more chance to make this right or to to fix me or whatever it happens to be, and that was. I'm going to go to seminary. So this is why he went to seminary. This is the reason why he went to seminary. And through that time, God restored him. God redeemed that, that thing, that purpose. It gave him joy, helped him to recognize that his identity wasn't wrapped up in his failings, but rather in the perfection of Jesus and what he has done for him, his life, his death, and his resurrection. So in my head, that's the first one that I thought of when you mentioned someone else's calling story. I don't know if it's a calling necessarily, but it, well, I guess it is because God called. I had a friend who's a youth director in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, he, there was the inner city of Omaha, and he'd take his youth group and just really minister to them, and, and he decided, he's just pouring into this kid, pouring into this kid, telling him, Jesus, 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 right? And then this, they, he decided, I'm going to take these kids out to a farm. 
because the inner city kids don't usually go to a farm. So they went to the farm, and this kid decides to get on a horse and goes for a horseback ride during the sunset. So the kid goes on this horseback ride and with, by himself, which is fine at the, this particular farm. And he comes back, and he says to my friend, he goes, well, I prayed to receive Jesus on the horseback. And my friend's like, what? Are you kidding me? What? What? And he just rejoiced with him. He celebrated with him. And I love that story because my friend Amos would say, listen, we poured into this kid, we, but God works in ways that man cannot describe. And I love what you said, Adam. You know, it's not based on what we do. It's based on who God is. Mm-hmm. And that calling, God just said at that moment, at that time, on a horse with no one else around, with the sun setting, all the seeds have been thrown. I am going to re- reveal myself. And the kid just says, yeah, pray with you. I wish I knew the kind of the follow-up to, to where he ended up. But that, that's my favorite it's a great question. That's a great question. That's a great question. Okay, we'll go to this young man in the green shirt. Sit, sit, go say that again. I don't have a question more as I have an answer to your question. Okay. Um, so my favorite thing so far is uh, the Ben Glenn chalk guy act. When I saw him do that, it was like when I went to the Black Hills for the first time. They both blew my mind because I come from North Dakota. The most <laughs> elevation change I'd seen before that was 200 feet. <laughs> and that was like a, like a building probably, right? Uh, and, well, no, like out in western North Dakota. But the highest point in my county is only a, a 100 feet higher from the surrounding land. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing. That's great. Okay, how about this gentleman in the blue shirt here? So, um, I'm Preston. And I am from Arlington, South Dakota. And I have a question for you. So, for all of those who couldn't or didn't attend this year at Fly, what advice um, would you give them to, to come you ooh. Know, next time? Ooh, 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 ooh. That's a great, great question. Uh, one, for you, Preston, right? Uh, you can you, you, We have a lot of great resource post-fly. We have a lot of our videos from our evening sessions online. You can watch the speakers. You can point them to that. This podcast is another tool that you can use. Like, hey, listen to what... I was on the podcast. Come listen to me talk on the podcast. Um, we, and then we have the, our website, social media. We, we don't post as frequently maybe during the when we're not meeting uh, out here in Colorado. Uh, so those are tools that you can do that. But then I think pressing the best way to do it Tell stories. Tell stories of what you experienced or tell stories of what God did. Tell stories of like, yeah, and there's this one speaker and he said this and then I, I experienced this and then I had a conversation in my room. I think your story pressing, the best way to, to help encourage people to come is to, to share stories. That, that's what I would say to that. And I would encourage, if, if, you know, if you're a friend who um, you know, isn't interested in coming, that's one thing. But if you have a friend who really wants to come and just wasn't able to, uh, one, one, I think, important reminder about the Fly Convention, um, there's so many people that love it and think so highly of the Fly Convention. And, and the only reason it's great, the only thing it's worth coming to, the only reason that it's fantastic is because of Jesus. And this isn't the only place he works, right? Um, it's awesome to be here. I love being here with you all and getting to spend time with you. Uh, but there's great opportunities where Christ Christ shows up in your local congregation through a friend like you, through your pastor. Having that relationships and community in your local congregation can be a great thing. So um, I love to hear you asking questions about your friends, but we'd love to have them come. And I would echo Daniel's mention. If you're trying to convince someone to come and show them what it is, is to tell them stories about the, the fun things too, but the work that God has done. And how has God worked in your life this week can be a great testimony for your friend. Thanks, Preston. 
Hi, I'm Keegan Otter. I'm from Pipestone, Minnesota. And I was wondering, when did you guys give your life to Jesus Christ? Oh. Adam, you want to start or do you want me to start? I can start with that one. Um, I really believe that it was when I was just a baby that God worked in my heart and salvation in my heart, that he uh, washed my sins away um, as, as I was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the first time that I remember, that I remember in Sunday school class, I was five years old, I was with my Sunday school teacher, we were talking about Jesus and what he had done at the cross. And I remember that was the first time that it clicked in my head. And that was the time that I prayed, Jesus, um, you are my savior. Would you save me and forgive my sin? And so that's when I, um, I remember being five years old in Sunday school. We had a little country church. There's like 35 people that would show up on a Sunday, um, a small class, and God worked there um, in, in that way to help me understand what Jesus had done for me. Mine, my, my, you know, it, I came to know Jesus when I was real little. I remember the exact moment I prayed to receive Jesus. I was on my mom's bed, my mom and dad's bed. They had this green and white ugly flower pattern comforter. It was ugly. It was brutal, right? It's like the, one of those things that someone's like, oh, I see you're wearing your grandmother's couch. It's just, it was bad. But I remember the sun was shining, the lights were on in the room, the bed wasn't made, and I sat there in the corner of the bed, and I, I was repeating after what my mom was saying, and I was praying, I started laughing, and my mom was like, this is serious business. She didn't say it like that, but that's my mind, that's what it sounded like, that's what it sounds like. Uh, and she's like, this is a time where we get to pray to receive Jesus, and I, that, that's the moment at which um, Jesus just became super, I don't know how old I was, three, four, maybe, somewhere in there. But, you know, as life goes on, my relationship with Jesus is he gave me, like, here I am, I want all of you. Uh, over the course of my years in life, you know, my relationship with Jesus, our relationship with Jesus, it just develops, it grows. But it doesn't mean I don't have one. I believe I've had one since that, I've had one since that moment. Uh, just become closer, right? Yep. And I don't, I don't think that uh, sometimes in our relationships, we, we tend to think that the more we do with God, the better the relationship is. And it's actually what God did and what he did was give us everything. So that's a great question of, of that. Thank you so much for that question. Yeah. Next, in the green shirt. I have two questions. First, does it normally rain a third of the time? The answer is no, that's unusual. And actually, th this is the first time that I remember seeing a hailstorm. We just had a hailstorm here. Well, but okay, so I got here Friday, and when we pulled into the YMCA, before we pulled into the YMCA in SS Park, there was hail on the ground, like a good inch and a half of hail. There were streams of water flowing through the hail where we had driven past. It was incredible. So no, it usually does not do this. And then um, second, this, this is for the people who aren't here and for me, uh, but what activities are there to do here? Great question. Oh, wait, you got one more? No. Yeah, great question. There are a lot of activities. Maybe, Adam, we can answer this question by what's our favorite thing to do? You and I's favorite thing to do here. Yes, my favorite thing to do of the activities here on the fly is actually to go mini golfing. I love going mini golfing. I enjoy mini golfing. I was a golfer in high school. And it's um, free. And it's free. You can go as many times as you want. They have a nine and hole. And the course is super empty when it rains. <laughs> yes, the raining is the best time to go, as long as you're not sticking the, your uh, putter up in the air during lightning storm or something, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. It's got rubber on it. Though, but they have a nine-hole course with a little bit bigger hole. So if I'm not feeling not super little, competitive. They're like mammoth holes. They are. They're, they're quite large. You get a, I get a like lot of holes You were trying to be kind. I was I, trying to be kind. I, I know. And then they also have the 18-hole course with just the normal size holes. But that's my favorite the activity. The way you looked at me right there is like, why are you doing this? I'm trying to make it nice. But 
my oh, I had to answer my favorite activity. I was gonna yeah, say what's yours, Daniel? I was gonna say mini golf. I think my favorite. <laughs> this is sad. My favorite activity is I was able to go to my room for about thirty minutes yesterday, and I put my head on the pillow, and I got. I got to close my eyes for about five minutes. That's my favorite activity when I get the chance to just rest. I know that disappoints is a disappointing answer, but believe you me, it's my favorite activity. Very much so. So it's turned into like a QA. I didn't really I thought Okay, back to the skull. Um do you have any advice for those who are like broken and maybe come from broken families? Do you have any advice for those looking for refuge or don't like look to God exactly? Do you have any advice for those kind of people? First, I just love your heart to, to, to hear your concern for people like that. And that's a really tough thing to being experienced is if either you are in that situation or if you have friends or other people who are just feel broken and they don't know where to go or coming from a broken home, um, that's a really important thing. And so I love to just hear, hear your heart of compassion for them. Um, one piece of advice um, that I think is really important for us to consider is, you know, we, we talk about the importance of families and it's, it's a huge part of our lives is having, um, you know, the families who can come around us and support us and help us and walk alongside of us. Uh, but there are those times that we have these other people, uh, other individuals who can come into our lives. And so my encouragement to you is if you feel broken and as hard as this may be, it's to identify who are those people that you can find that can be there for you, that you can talk with, that can encourage you. Uh, sometimes loneliness causes us to isolate ourselves from other people or the feeling of brokenness when it should drive us to other people, should drive us to someone else to be with them and to be around them? That's a great question. Daniel, do you have anything to add on that one? Not, not a ton. I mean, yeah, I just love your heart, the willingness to ask that question. And I think it may, maybe this isn't going to, this answer isn't going to be the most glamorous answer, but sometimes when you're broken, you're hurting, be broken and be hurting. Let it, let that pain take place let it you know pain causes it can cause growth it can cause you to build character it can cause you to come out of there i think in the midst of that pain and so when you feel it when you embrace i think i hear a lot of people like i'm broken and they try to fight out of it and try to struggle and they try to do more and they just become more and more broken when i think sometimes you just need to let the thing break just let it let it crumble um my friend kevin who's here this week you know he taught me sometimes when people are broken the best thing to do is actually just go sit and be broken with them you know, and I think that's true for us as human beings. Just be broken. And then the key is, though, as Adam said, you know, turn to the Lord. Go, okay, I'm broken. I'm like the psalmist here. I'm, I don't know where to go. I'm struggling. I need friends. I need you, Lord. So that, that, that's how I'd answer that. Yeah. Hey, hey man, Lee, un- there you go. I have one more question. Um, what's some encouraging verses that got you through life and you think would help those uh, that are watching or those who are in this room right now? easy for me first one Jeremiah 29 11 I mean that's been my Bible verse for so many years you know it doesn't belong to anybody but me that's the that's what my claim is you know before I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you not to harm you and I, I love that and I think it, even as it follows up in verses 12 and 13 it says then you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart wait am I confusing am I confusing script I'm not sure no that might be then my other favorite verses are Matthew, Adam tried to no, don't worry about it. Matthew chapter 6 too uh, do not lay for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy or thieves break and seal but lay for yourselves treasures in heaven so where neither moth or rust destroys or thieves break in and steal I love those verses because it draws my attention not on me but it draws my attention to the Lord. Um, so those are some, I mean, I, I was sharing one from 
Zephaniah earlier this morning with somebody, but there's just count. We don't have enough time. We could just read the Bible, I suppose, on this pot. That'd be that'd always always be worthwhile. Daniel and Adam reading uh, one of, the Bible. One of the verses that's always been encouraging to me is First Corinthians one twenty five, and it's for the weakness of God is stronger than men's strength, and the foolishness of God is wiser than men's wisdom. And so I think just for me, recognizing um, sometimes there's streaks of pride that I have in my own life. I think I can do things on my own. I think I'm so smart. I think I can accomplish it all and and uh, be my own hero, if you will. And just that reminder that I, I just need to depend on Him. And so for me, that's been an encouragement uh, in my heart, and hopefully can be for other people too, to, to depend on him, even in his weakest moment. And I think of the weakest moment that God ever experienced as perhaps when he hung on that cross. But even in that moment, he was demonstrating his strength and his wisdom uh, that he would bring me into a relationship with him and that he would save me. Thanks for the question. Appreciate it. What was, what was the biggest struggle when preparing the conference? Biggest struggle? to think about that i don't know what, what, what covid yep i mean we've been planning for four years of uh, this conference and it was a made it was a significant disappointment when we had to postpone the convention two years um that was probably the hardest thing i remember being in the committee room when that decision was made and that was incredibly hard it was just emotional it was very 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 challenging um that was probably the most difficult that not just preparing this conference in the history of fly planning that was the most difficult thing. I just remember when we got done, made the motion, and we prayed. Um, we all just got up and we're like, now what? And we just said, we all need a break. We just need to, we need to decompress. We need to let off whatever it was. We were, we were hurting. It was hard, hard. Just thinking about it makes me cry right now. It was, it was difficult. It was very difficult. I believe, though, looking back at it, whether it was right or wrong, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it, God had a plan. And he takes those things, love the question, you know, those hard things in our lives. And for encouragers, you know, encouraging those who are listening, there's going to be hard things you have to do. And like I said, be hurt, be broken, go through those, let them take its effect. And um, that was the toughest thing. Yeah, I think our, I remember is our current fly president, Gideon, uh, talking about how experiencing that, the, the, the postponement of the fly convention because of COVID and because of all the things that needed to go on uh, in, co- in coinciding with the theme for fly yeah. was just such a big thing. And that even through this and through that postponement, we saw how God restored even this event and this opportunity to come together, to gather together, to be in this beautiful place, sing beautiful songs together, and hear the beautiful message that God has, that he is the one who right. restores. Right. Yeah. Thanks for the question. We have other people that seem to be joining. If you want to, it's been a lot of questions. I didn't expect that. I expected more comments, but you know, we're, we'd like to hear some of your answers too. You know, want to step up to the mic. What, what have you seen? What's been highlight? What has God been doing in your life? What has God been teaching you uh, through this conf- through the convention? We'd love to hear from you. It's like we got our first customer, Aiden. Back to you, buddy. Um, probably the biggest thing is the morning and evening services, like the amazing speakers and the awesome singers. Um, it just seeing everybody just worship and just love. I just love um, it all. Awesome. Very cool. Shane, appreciate that. I would also have to say worship sessions because, like, I would sit by my sister and she'd be crying because of how powerful those words are and just realizing in her heart 
that she has made mistakes and she is sinful, but she has a promise in Jesus and that she can look up to him and just takes these words at heart. And there's probably, and it's just great to see everybody together. Of course, the first night, everybody was tired and didn't worship as much, but like the second day, everybody was hands up and singing to the Lord. And that's just great to see in everybody. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. My highlight, my highlight so far has definitely been worship and like the sessions and stuff. And like, I've created already created a lot of memories for my first oh, year and made a lot of new friends. That oh, I, that's wonderful! From mm-hmm. all over. Wonderful. That's great to hear. How about you, Adam? What, what's been something you've appreciated so far this yeah, week? Yeah, I, th- I think it was last night's um, sermon by Alex Amiot. For for me, it just really hit home, and um, just those verses of when. Um, the struggles that you're going through are just bearing down on you and you can't do this in your own strength. Um, there's no way that you can accomplish it. Um, we look to the one who can do it for us and the one who is there and that, that, that idea of the one who raises the dead, the one who raises the dead. And I look at my own life and recognize that I need that resurrection. I need that opportunity that God does to restore me. And he brings hope. Um, even when things feel hopeless in my heart, in my lives, the, look at the, the situation around me and I think there's no way that I can figure out what to do or how to accomplish this or what it could look like. I look to Jesus and he is the one who brings hope in those things. So that was, I think, my highlight is hearing Alex's uh, message last night. I'm excited to hear the rest for the, the, oh, the rest of this week. I know. It's, it's hard to believe. It feels like we've been here for a long time, but we still got... What, three more nights to go? Mm-hmm, that's right. Wait, wait, today, wait, today we're recording this on a Wednesday. So yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, three more. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to all the rest that we've got to go here. That's, that's great. Again, if you've got a question or if you've got a, something you want to say about the highlight or, or something or something, maybe just what do you appreciate about Fly? What is something that, like, if you could tell your friends back home who didn't go, what would you tell them? Like, Fly was, uh, I don't know. What, I don't know. What would you tell, Adam, what would you tell your people? What would you tell your friends if who have been to Fly? What would you say? Yeah, if I had friends who were like, I'm thinking about Fly, what's, what's so great about it? What's so cool about it? So uh, there's a lot of, I would, two parts. There's a lot of fun stuff here. Um, it's just so fun to be here. Cool things. Uh, being in the mountains is awesome. Today, it was amazing. There was like this fog or mist all yes. over the mountains. And it's I had like in my the head. the Hobbit. I know. I just finished reading The Hobbit with my boys, and that's what came to mind is this misty mountain, and I'm pretending to be a, a, a dwarf singing a, this, mm, the misty mountains go. Anyway, anyway, it was just c- kind of cool. Uh, there's fun things to do, and I love getting to see people, but... Sorry. Mm, I probably should. There are people that not, they're not subscribing to listen. But for to me, song. I think the biggest thing, uh, if I were to tell someone, one of my friends, why they should come to fly... Um, it really is just an awesome place that God works uh, because his word is here. Uh, he comes through his word, through the preached word, through the sessions, through uh, the teaching and the electives, through our workshops, our morning Bible study, um, opportunities with our dorm room leaders in your dorm setting. Um, just great opportunity uh, to be inundated throughout your day with the word of God and seeing the Holy Spirit work there is an awesome, awesome opportunity. Awesome. Um. I also really liked just when everyone talked, they always added humor, like when you and Gideon would be on stage and just talk and add humor. And I really liked the hot dog challenge. <laughs> and then uh, Jax in the end was like, um, can I have the last hot dog? <laughs> that was really yeah. funny and just like great to see everybody laughing and enjoying themselves because you bring so much humor into everything you well, thank say. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, so I really love the speakers. As said, Benny on the talk, I was amazing. I love all the other ones too. 
like they keep me very captivated. Usually, I'm half falling asleep. Half of the time, I, ha- I am half falling asleep still. But I love them, and they're quite interesting. That's awesome. Thanks that for sharing awesome. that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, as we come, a couple more minutes here left on the podcast before we, we close it out. But, you know, again, it's been a great week so far. There's still plenty to go. and. That's right. Um, a couple of just announcements or things for you guys to know. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm, you're probably already subscribed. But if not, I um, encourage you, this isn't just for the week of fly, this podcast. It doesn't just exist for, you know, uh, while we're here at the fly convention. But we're going to be, as we mentioned, releasing uh, those interviews that we have with our elective speakers and our workshop uh, presenters as well uh, throughout the, uh, the, the upcoming weeks as well. So this should be uh, something that will be coming out every other week or so on Tuesdays. Uh, so I encourage you guys to keep checking your, your podcast feed uh, to stay in informed and to see what's going on with the fly convention. Adam, as we come to a close here, you know, as, as people, hopefully our goals, you know, we heard a lot, we did the preview episode and, or the, at, you know, people coming up to fly on Monday, we're listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And now as they're heading home, what advice, what encouragement can we share you and I that with our, with our students and adults and, and, and dorm room, all these people as they return home? Because it's easy to come to the literal mountains and have a mountain top high with Jesus and just believe, wow, Jesus is amazing. Worshiping with hundreds of kids was awesome. But now everyone's going to be returning back mm-hmm. home, right? Back to the, the normalcy of, of life. And that's where, that's where life is. So what encouragement, what advice can we give these students in the encouragement that God has brought already, God, things that God has taught them? Mm-hmm. What can we share with them that would be encouraging to them as they yeah. return home? Yeah, one thing uh, that I would I would say, and I, I mentioned this or alluded to it a little bit ago, but uh, just a reminder that fly isn't the only place that God is working. It's He's not the, the only place that He shows up and is here. Um, I think I've heard a lot of people talk about how fly is this big um, event, as you mentioned, that mountaintop kind of experience where they they can see real clearly how God is working and how He's speaking to them through His Word and through the speakers and the sessions that we are. But He also speaks in the local congregation. He speaks through those mentors or relationships that we have when we have those other believers who can come around us and come alongside us to speak truth into our lives. And so not to view fly as this one thing that was the mountaintop, and now we have to go back to something that is is against this or other than this, but to look for those places where God is going to continue to work. Uh, pour into those places, into your congregation, into your, the community of believers, and into the relationships that you can foster there is an important place to see where God is trying to work in your life, not just at Fly, but when you go home too. Uh, I, I'm right there with you, Adam. I think a lot of times we ask the question, you know, when we get back and we feel bad for the things that we do, like, well, you know, I shouldn't be doing that or I should be doing that. I, I like to encourage people when they go home, you know, the, the goal is that God is with you at all times. Well, the, that is, that's happening. God is with us at all times. I like to encourage students to say, you know, where is God present in my life? Where is he actively involved? And in, in all areas that we do, our jobs, our, our interactions, our relationships, is God involved? And I think that's a question that you can ask yourself. Is God involved in the things that I do? Is God involved in the way that I play my video games or I spend time on the phone uh, or, or whatever it is? Is God involved? Um, and if, he, if the answer is no, then the question becomes, can he? Can I bring God into that? And I believe you can bring God into a, an activity like playing video games. I know uh, one of my adults in our youth group back home, uh, he, used, he plays a lot of video games online and has used that as a great way to, to share Jesus and be encouraging mm-hmm. to others. And, then, and if the answer is no, Jesus can't be involved, then the next question is, well, is it something you should be doing? 
yeah. is something is is that what you're doing? That's my encouragement for students as they take it home. And I love what you said, Adam. You know, Jesus is there all the time. And find plug yourself into a youth group, plug yourself into a community, into a church, not just youth group, church mm-hmm. as a whole. You know, and as group leaders and adults, you know, our church we we focus very much on generational ministry. And right. how can you be involved? You know, I shared a statistic at our annual conference. You know, I think it's sixty three percent of our sixty uh, something of our young people in our church are actively involved on Sunday morning. Just Sunday morning, that's it. Yeah. Some kind of something to do. And I think it's seventy some percent of our teenagers are involved uh, in other areas of the church. And that's my encouragement for leaders is to do that. Um, get be involved in different places. But in yeah, those are my advice. But Awesome. Thank you, Daniel. Um, For those of you um, who don't yet, I encourage you to follow us on social media for all the updates that are coming up here. You can uh, stay connected with the Fly Convention from that regard as well. Um, And uh, this has just been a blast to hang out with you guys here who are here in person. And uh, hopefully for those of you who are traveling home or listen to this later can find some encouragement here as well. Yeah. Again, thank you to our audience. Thank you for being here. I hope you guys are enjoying your rides home. I hope that everything's going well. Again, look for those videos remind yourself of all the great things that God has done. We're so grateful that you're listening, so grateful that you're part of it. It's because of people like you, congregations that are tuned in. That's why we do this. So thank you for being here. Thanks, guys. God bless you guys. This has been a production of the Fly Convention.